Amen. We're starting a series called Dangerous Prayers. Why is, why is prayer dangerous? Because you might get a yes. You might get a yes. Does everybody always get a yes to every prayer they ever ask? I want to know if you're in here. Because I got some stuff you'd ask for me. No, not always. Because just like your kids don't always get a yes. And if they do, you probably need to take like a parenting class or something. But like, like they don't always get yes. Sometimes it says no, and maybe I get all that. Those are fun memes. But like dangerous prayers, the things we pray for could be dangerous because, uh, well, you might just uh, not be ready for the answer. And today, we're gonna, we've already done it. We're going to say, God, make me bold. Somebody say bold. Good, honey, know how bold Marty says. In order to be bold, there's this, there's this uh, key thing you got to have to be bold, dependence. And so oftentimes when we use the word bold dependence, we say those words don't really go well together, do they? Our culture, I don't know, your, your workplace probably wouldn't use the words bold dependence. Those are funny words to use together. Those are like almost exactly. That we don't really do. I use that a lot, but like normal people. Or how about this? It's the same, but it's what? It's different, all right? All right. Jumbo shrimp. We know these, right? Freezer burn. I still don't get that, but I believe it, right? So it's all these things, but we got to have bold dependence. We reserve often boldness for people who were loud and independent, but not in the Bible. Or we reserve the word dependence for people who have a flaw because they need a lot of help, right? Like, oh, the kid on your baseball team, he's very dependent on everyone. No, 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 no. But in the Bible, in the, in the economy of life in there, we say, well, I want to be bold, but I also want to be dependent, because the God of the universe, Jesus King, Holy Spirit, I believe that he is going to do, and I want you to hear me really tight on this, okay? I believe he's going to do some incredible things at Keystone Montgomeryville. And sometimes preachers say things like that, and they're like, in the next 25 years, okay, I do think he's going to do some incredible things in the next 25 years. But I think it's immediate as well. I think we're going to see an incredible fall. And I think we're setting up our fall right now. We should have been setting up before today. I get that. But we, we know some of you didn't, and that's fine. Hey, glad you're here. But like we are going to start today. If you have not prayed for boldness, if you have not prayed for dependence, next week we're going to pray for obedience. So consider coming. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All of you that didn't have a beach house this week on Labor Day, maybe you'll be there next week. It looks like some of you are online watching in your pajamas at the, with sand in your toes, and that's okay. That's why we do it. I believe God has some immediate blessing for this church. When you send a church, God blesses the part you send. When you give an offering, God blesses the part you give. When you give time to a church, God blesses the time that you give. And so don't think for a second that he doesn't love to bless his people. And so we want to be bold in that blessing. I believe that Keystone Montgomeryville can be characterized as a church that prays boldly, that lives boldly. Everybody I talk to, at least Jesus followers, people that don't follow Jesus don't say things like this. You know that. But, but they say, I want to be part of what kind of church? A New Testament church. You ever said that? You ever thought it? Some of you are like, I've never said that. I don't know. This is, but I will now. I found out you like it. I do like it. But do we really think about what we're saying when we say that? Like, have you ever read the New Testament? No? 
Okay, we're going to read some of it today, but I can't read all of it to you. You got to do that on your own, right? But like the New Testament church was very bold. So you say, well, I want, to be a, I want to be a part of a New Testament church. Cool, me too. I want to be a part of a, of a church that has a New Testament style prayer life. I want to be a part of a church that has New Testament style gospel presentation. I want to be a part of a New Testament church that has, you know, a New Testament style community groups. That's what I want because that's what I see in the Bible. I have read the New Testament. And I want to be a part of a church like that too. And what I see over and over and over from the apostles and the early church and really the the successful churches all through history is that they were bold. They were bold. So I think it's because they had a bold prayer life. Dangerous prayer life. What is your prayer life like right now? If you were just to do a little little self-diagnostic we don't, we're not going to hand out a little card. Circle, one to five. Uh, I pray every day. No, 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 no. Like, what would you say? I, I think we'd hear things like this. If we went around the room, we're not. But if we went around the room, I think we'd hear things like this. Pastor Mark, that's good. It's good. But I think I could pray more. Anybody? Just maybe we do a little show of hands. You know, we haven't done that in a while. Like, you know, like, a little show of hands. Thank you. How about this? Uh, I have trouble being consistent. You know, like, I don't. I don't pray every day, but I pray most days. Okay, you got some consistency issues. How about this? Uh, I have trouble concentrating during prayer. Is that anybody? Like some of y'all, when we pray for countries, you're like, what country was it again? Like it's literally on the screen. <laughs> you know, I just can't concentrate during prayer. I remember the first time I met with a group of people and they said, we're going to go pray for an hour. I was like, an hour? What are you going to do for an hour? And they're like, we're going to pray. I was like, well, I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. I, pr- I made it like two minutes, and the rest of the time, I was like counting the chairs in the room <laughs> and being like, oh, it's blue light. Like, I'm terrible at concentrating. But I got better. I got better. So some of you might say this. How about this? I don't like to pray out loud because I get intimidated by the way other people pray out loud. Has anybody ever done that? You just get like, man, that guy's like, he's binding demons and... Like that? What was that? Hello, mic check. (laughs) Binding demons. You see, here's what you guys got going for you here. I'm unembarrassable. (laughs) And I don't feel awkward ever. (laughs) So that doesn't bother me in the least. So I hope it doesn't bother you. Phone's ringing bother me. Uh, (laughs) I don't even like it my own phone rings. You think I want to hear yours ring? So you might say, well, I get intimidated by that. Or how about this? My prayer life, if we're just being truly honest, 100% honest, my prayer life is mostly about myself. Anybody? People that pray like that never raise their hand. (laughs) Right? It's like, Lord, make me uh, better or something like that. Or how about this? You pray things like this. Lord, help me make it there on time. You ever do that? Or help help me find a parking spot. Like the God of the universe is... Deeply invested in that. Or bless this pork chop I'm about to eat. You know, things like that. Help me have a great time. Travel mercies. Comfort prayers, mostly for your comfort. Emergency only prayers. Would anybody say they fall into that category? Like, I have a very strong, bold prayer life in an emergency. Like, if the plane is going down, I am Moses, man. I am hearing from the bush. Well, guess what? That, those are all great, but I think we can have bold prayers. Bold prayers. Bold prayers like we see in the New Testament. We can actually live like that too. 
If you look with me, Acts 4, we're going to get there. Acts 4, I desperately want us to be a part of a praying church. I think we are. We said that this year. That was one of our goals. One of our, our visions for this year was we want to be a church that prays. I like that. I, want, I still want to do that. I want to have a prayer life like the early church, like, like in Acts 4. So, so, so why? Why? So I can say super cool things when I pray? I can bind things and loosen things? I mean, that would be neat, but that's not the only reason. So I can pray a really long time? I mean, Martin Luther said he prayed three hours every morning. I'm like, that'd be cool, but that's, that's not really my goal. I want to have bold prayers because the Father wants to spend time with me. And because of this, prayer is a sign. Prayer is a sign of dependence on God. So if I want bold dependence, I better pray. Prayer is a sign of dependence on God. Look at Acts 4 with me. We have these two guys, Peter, John. So you got uh, the rock, which you heard about last week from, uh, from Chris. He talked a lot about the rock. And then John, one of the sons of thunder and the disciple whom Jesus loved. Self-given uh, title, but we'll, we'll let it stand. So Acts 4, this is after Jesus has ascended. They are out now going into town to town preaching, performing miracles, that sort of thing. Anyway, it says, when they, who, who's the they? Just told you. Peter and John. Good. Thank you, eight of you. Were released. The rest of you trying to figure out how to make sure your phone's on vibrate, aren't you? You're like, huh. When they, Peter and John, were released. What do you typically get released from in the Bible? Jail. That's right. Not like released from the hospital or anything. No, released. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Stop! Don't go any further. What was it they just told them? Anybody curious? Because we're just dropping into Acts 4. Like, what just happened? Why are they lifting up their voices and praying? Must be some incredible, like, really good news. I'm glad you asked. Peter and John were preaching and teaching. All through the Bible you see them doing. They're preaching, they're teaching. What else are Peter and John doing? They're performing miracles. They're healing the sick. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're healing the sick. Incredible things are happening, and the higher-ups don't like it. They don't like it. And so they start arresting them and throwing them in the clink for it. There's a lot of reasons to be thrown in jail. In the New Testament, it's normally you're preaching, you're teaching, you're healing people. That's the reasons they give. So they spend the night in the clink, and then they go before basically the judge the next day. In our terms, that's what we call it. Probably not what they would have called it, but I'm trying to be quick. And Peter couldn't hold it in anymore because they were basically like, why are you doing what you're doing, right? That's what all judges in the New Testament sound like to me. And here's what he said. You bunch of rulers and leaders, you've brought us in here because we helped a man who was sick. That's what they did. A man was sick. We healed him. Now he's not sick. All of you brought us in. You threw us in jail because we did that. And then he uncorks one on him. He says this, by the name of Jesus Christ, and he says, the one you killed. And God raised from the dead. This man was healed. Salvation only comes from the Lord. Show of hands if you think that's bold. I agree completely. The team of higher-ups, they don't know what to do with that. 
I don't know why. Maybe they've never been talked to you like that before. Very possible. They just threw these guys in jail. So they, they don't know what to do. So they did what a lot of us do when we don't know what to do. We send that guy out of the room and we have a little conference. You ever do that? You want to look all strong, but you don't know what to do. So you send them out of the room and they have a little talk. And they're like, hey, listen, the loud one's right. <laughs> the loud one's right. We don't really have a reason to keep him in jail. We want to throw him back in jail, but the villagers saw him heal that guy. And if we do that, they're going to beat us. So let's self-preserve. Let's let him go. But let's, let's scare him first. You ever had that happen? Let's scare him a little bit first. So they bring Peter and John back out, which is unbelievable. And they say something like this. Don't ever speak or teach the name of Jesus again. Who thinks that's going to go over real well? <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Peter, shocker, Peter says something like this. Whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. As for us, there's no question we can't keep quiet about what we've seen and what we've heard. And then they leave. Now back to our verse. They go straight to their friends and they do what every single one of you would do if that just happened to you. You guys aren't going to believe what just happened. You guys aren't going to believe what just happened in the Wegmans parking lot. You guys aren't going to believe what happened at church today. You guys aren't going to believe what happened in my community group. You're not going to believe what happened at the gym today. You're not going to believe what happened at work today. And they went and they heard it in verse 24 and they lifted their voices together to God and they said this, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything to them. What are they doing? What does this look like they're doing? They're praying. And I'm telling you, I, I use this a lot. It's a reflex. It's a reflex that they're praying. It's instinctive that they're praying. They're hearing this news and they are immediately giving praise to God the way we might jump up when your team scores a goal. No one says, stand up. No one does that, do they? You know it. Goal, right? You know how to do it. If you're a soccer fan, you do that. You do the airplane. Maybe you do it on your living room floor. I don't know what you're doing. But like you instinctively celebrate. Prayer is this. I am so dependent on God. He's such a part of my life that when I hear a God story, I can't help but give him the glory. That's what they're doing. That's what they're praying. What is the response then? And then I just got to tell you, though, like the news that they were brought, like it wasn't good news. You got thrown in jail for preaching. Their immediate response wasn't, you know what, let's not do that again. Hey, we need to get the elders together and figure out a better plan for you guys. We need to maybe, you know, Peter, I don't know, maybe soften that up a little bit. Maybe don't point your finger when you say, you killed Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, they prayed. How can I be like that? Here's what I know. When you're living a spirit-filled life, when you're living a spirit-filled life, prayer is a reflex. Prayer is your reaction to everything. Boldly. Why? Because you realize you're so dependent on King Jesus. You're so dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit that prayer is everything. It is everything. So let's be careful. Be careful. Don't chalk prayer up as like this discipline that we do. It is a discipline, but it isn't only a discipline. You hear me? It is that, but it isn't only that. It isn't a, I have got to pray, I've not prayed today. Oh my goodness, I got my little workbook and I like to check that off. Oh, I missed it. 
It's not just like a, a diet or a workout or a Netflix series. I don't know what your flavor is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not just that. It is much, much more. Prayer is a discipline that can be learned. But it isn't only that. Discipline's good. Discipline is good. You, you hear how I'm saying that over and over and over? Because I want to make sure you hear me say that. Discipline is good. I have set prayer times. I do that. But I want to be careful that the discipline isn't the thing that I'm like beholden to. I could easily fall into that. I seek time with God because I want that to be just, that's my life. It's like breathing. You don't think about breathing, do you? You are now, but in a moment you won't. You just breathe because that's life. So we pray as a reflex to what God is doing in our life. He initiates, I, I react. It's the same, we worship the same way. We, we react to what God is doing. I don't initiate it, he does. Do you see that? This great book, I would encourage you to get it. I've told you about it before. Paul Miller wrote a book called A Praying Life. And he says this, it's kind of a longer quote, so just hang with me. If you have trouble maintaining an active prayer relationship, which I think probably a lot of us would say, yeah, I, I do have trouble with that. Daily prayer time, talking with God, etc. The problem may not be discipline. You hear what Miller is saying? It may be that you don't see how super dependent on the Holy Spirit that one needs to be. Do you ever fall for that lie? I only need prayer in emergencies. Or I only need prayer at dinner. I only need prayer when I think I can't do it. Well, let me put before you, you can't do it, ever. What does the Bible say we can do apart from God? Nothing. So that means in everything we should be praying. Well, here is how they prayed for dependence in 24. I'm reading the same thing over and over. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, here's their prayer, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. What do you think they're doing? God, you are great. You are exactly who you say you are. And through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage? And they start preaching. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against the anointed. Verse 27. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus. That's, that's the part Peter said. Remember, you killed him. Whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, and to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And here we go, ready? And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants. Stop. Don't read ahead. You already read ahead. Forget it. Grant. What are, what are they praying for? It says, grant your servants, like what do you think they're going to ask for? Grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all, say it with me, boldly, like you mean it, boldness. Okay, what do you see him praying for? Boldness. What don't you see him praying for? Relief. Hey, God, do you think maybe we could get some, some new judges in that town that'll let us do our stuff? You think we get a different Sanhedrin? It doesn't really work like that. 
You think we could get some new Sanhedrin, maybe some newly elected officials, that maybe ones that are a little softer on our, our movement? Maybe get rid of them? No. It says, grant your servants, <coughs> excuse me, to continue to speak your word with boldness. Who thinks they were already pretty bold? We want more of that. We want more of the thing that got us thrown in jail. Dependence on God, which is what prayer creates, dependence on God leads to boldness. Dependence on God leads to boldness. Are you bold? Does anybody know it? How about this? I think this is kind of a cultural thing. Are, are you bold in the right things? Like, does everybody know how bold you are on your team? I'm not touching the Eagles, trust me. I know it starts next week. Who knows, right? Ah, let's do it, right? Does everybody in your neighborhood know which, which football team is your favorite team? By the way you act? They see you skipping church so you can make that one o'clock. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we watch online. Does anybody know for the right reasons how bold you are? Do they say, man, that house, they are bold with the way they love. They're generous. They're kind. They bring a peace into this neighborhood like we don't even know. Is that the kind of boldness that you're praying for? It may seem silly, but some of us pray and pray, pray in boldness, but we don't live in boldness. We don't ask for it, right? And when you begin to, to get pushed back in life, you ever get pushed back? Or is it just easy breezy for you? When you get pushed back in life, do you pray for more of that? God, make me more bold. I'll tell you what, what I pray for sometimes. You ready? I pray this, something like this. God, get me out of this situation. Make it stop. You ever pray that? I pray that I'll be bold enough to know that the situation may be the thing he wants me in. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Make me comfortable. Hey, can we just dispel, like, there's nothing wrong with praying for comfort. I, I, don't, I don't think there's like a verse in the Bible that says, do not ever do that. Right? And I don't mean like your airplane seat's not comfortable. Like, Lord, could you just... Could you just make the guy in the middle move over two inches to the right? That's all I'm asking. It's not much, you know? I don't mean that. I don't, you know, I don't mean that. I'm saying, like, what is it, right? Like, I, I think I'm reducing a little bit. I get that, but I only have so much time. But, but, but I, I, I don't mind to pray for that, but I don't want that to be my reflex when times get tough. You hear me? I do want a Montgomery County in our little area here, North Wales, Lansdale, Horsham, all those cities. That some of you are like, you didn't say my town. It's because I don't remember them, okay? I'm sorry. It's not a slight. I want those areas to be good for ministry. I want them to welcome us in because we're so bold and full of peace and full of love that they're like, man, we want you guys to come help us with this. You know, we have done that. We run like things in the township. Like parties, they, do, they did a party in the park this year. You guys ran that for them. That's awesome. I want a township to depend on us for things. I want that kind of boldness, yes. But what I want really is for our church, when we ask for boldness, we know we're going to get it. And that's the dangerous part. Are you ready to get it? 
They keep praying in verse 30. It says, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You ready for what happened? This is incredible. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was what? Shaken. Y'all want to shake a little bit? Get a little shake with me. If this was like a middle school chapel, everybody would shake with me right now. Middle school team, thank you, Billy. Like, ooh, shaking, right? They gathered. It's important. You're going to see why I said that in just a second, not just because I'm goofy. And they were all filled with, with what? It does say Holy Spirit, right? They were all here shaking. And there's another verse. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, I don't know about you guys. I, I don't, I can put this together, right? They prayed for boldness. God, help us continue to do what? Speak in what? Boldness. And literally, 20 seconds later, what gift did they receive? Boldness. Anybody else think that's incredible? So do you think that God just quit doing that 2,000 years ago? They only had so many of those to give out? I don't think so. The place they were in was shaken, maybe literally, maybe figuratively. I like to think it was literally. But then they received boldness. They got shook, right? Quick side note, I think this is super important. When, this is important, guys, that you get this right. When did the shaking take place? I'm going to give you options. When did the shaking take place? Before the prayer or after the prayer? Please say after. It took place after the prayer. You say, why are you bringing that up? Okay, there was no pump-up music. They didn't say, Grant, where are the keys off that thing until the Holy Spirit comes? There was none of that, right? Peter, beat them like they owe you money. We are going to do that until the Holy Spirit comes, right? No, no, no. When did the Holy Spirit come? After they prayed. When did the shaking take place? After they prayed. There was no whip-up. There was no me screaming until it happens. It says they prayed, they got shook, and then they were filled with boldness, and they knew it. There was no guessing around. There was always like, I don't know, is that the Holy Spirit in me? Do you think it is? I don't know. Do it look different? No, no, no. They knew it. Boldness, hear me, boldness isn't a character trait. It isn't like, well, some people are bold and some people aren't. No, it's not like height, okay, or shooting free throws. I don't mean that, right? Anyone, say anyone, anyone, say it can be, say it with me, bold. Anyone can be bold. Please be bold and say it. Anyone Anyone can be bold. You say, I don't think I can be bold. Everyone, tell that person they can be bold. How are you in that great? People are like, "I, I don't know that that works. I think it does, man. You can be the guy that hates talking in front of people. Doesn't matter. You can be the guy that hates praying out loud in your community group because oh, I just don't know what other people are saying. I can't, I don't, I never learned Shakespeare. I don't know how to let preach in Elizabethan. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not like a character trait. Oh, that guy's just bold. He may not be bold. He may just be loud. You hear me? He may just be loud. Oh, I'm an introvert. Introverts can be bold. It seems like the deciding factor on who can be bold and who can't be bold comes down to who asks and who doesn't. Lord, make me bold. 
give me boldness. The more pushback I get, make me bolder. So what if I do that? What will it bring? What will bold dependence bring? It'll bring trust in God. Do you think for a second Peter and John could do anything that they did, just, just in these verses, if they didn't trust the Father? I mean, they kind of said, God, we, we know all this happened on purpose, your purpose. What if your first thought when opposition came was, God, I know you're in control. I know you're in control. I trust you. I trust you. That's what bold dependence brings. That's where we love to say things like, be still and know, right? Be still and know that he is God. That's what I need. I don't get busy. I get still. That's bold. God, how about this prayer? God, before I try to fix this, because I think I know how to fix it, before I try to fix this, before I do anything else, I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen and I'm going to trust you. That's a prayer life that we want at this church. Second thing it brings, brings trust, gives you a trusting heart, you trust in the Father. It also brings a generous heart. It's going to change the way you operate, a generous heart. Uh, right after this, in verse 32, uh, the full number of those who believed were of hum- one heart, one soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. It, it is creating generosity in them. It says in verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. It made them generous. Why would that be? Because the more I trust God, the more I become generous. Before boldness made any of these people celebrities, it made them generous. You hear me? Uh, am, I, am I boldly generous? Is Keystone boldly generous? Do we give away money? Do we, are we generous with our offering? You're like, whoa, 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 man. Money, that's a touchy subject. We don't talk about that. I'm sick of that. We talk about everything in our society. There's no secrets left. There's no privacy anymore. So we can talk about money, can't we? No, everything but that. Really. I've seen some of your Facebook pages. You talk about everything. Are we boldly generous? Are we boldly generous? Do we give great power? We say, oh, I want great power and great grace, but I'm not generous. I'm not guilting you. Honestly, this was a gift when I figured this out. That the more I give away, the more I have. Not always financially, but more grace. I love what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, as for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty. I wish we'd use that word more nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Live in in such a way that you are ready to share. I'm ready to share at any moment. Peter and John, the early church, opposition came. What did they do? They got more generous. Sometimes I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm in line with you here, sometimes when opposition comes, my, my first instinct is to hold on. No, no, no. We can't give away. If you think for one second in the last seven months when I saw Chris's list of who's going, there wasn't part of me that's like, no, no, Chris, you're just going to have to start from zero, buddy. 
or at least four. He has two kids. So that's four. And he's married. There's four. That's good. I mean, Dad did it with five. You can't do it with four. Come on. He'll, he'll love it. You think for one second that didn't come into my brain? For one second it did. <laughs> I want to live generously. I want to live boldly. Last thing is this bold dependence, all right? Trust in God, generous heart. We do those things, you get a filling of the Holy Spirit. Boldness brings that. A filling of the Holy Spirit. It said while they were praying, we all did it, right? Well, 10 of you. We all did it. We all shook and trembled while they were praying, right? They prayed, he filled. It's as simple as that. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to have to beg. You don't see them begging. You don't see anybody ever begging in the Bible for more of the Holy Spirit. You just don't see that. So if you want to experience boldness, then you must experience the Spirit. One doesn't get bold by studying boldness or by whipping yourself up into a bold fervor, which I don't even know what that looks like, but I know it when I see it. You get bold by being filled. Believers, listen. Believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. The moment you become a a Christian, uh, saved, uh, uh, receive Jesus into your heart, the moment you do that, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? That's, it happens, boom, you're filled. But then there are times throughout your life that you are more filled. Uh Uh-huh, you like what I did there? It's like bold dependence. We don't, more filled? Yeah. You think an infinite God who created an infinite, like he can fill you with more than you thought you could? He absolutely can Throughout your life, multiple times, you say, God, I need great power and great grace to get through this week. Filled with the Holy Spirit, just ask. You say, God, I want to trust more in you. Then I want to be more filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be generous, but I don't know how. Filled with the Holy Spirit to do it. God, I want to be full of love. There's some people that I don't know how to love them. Then you better pray for boldness. Or I want understanding of Scripture. There's things I don't get. Then be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over. So I want to pray for that type of boldness right now. Please remember, boldness is not a character trait. It's not something, well, man, I'm glad you're bold. You get to stand up there and do that. I'm trained to do this. Boldness isn't a character trait. It's not some of you can be bold and some of you can't. All of you can be bold. All of you. It doesn't mean loud. Listen, I'm amplified. They got a microphone on me. I'd be fine without this. You guys are the reason I'm wearing it. I can be loud. But that's not bold. Boldness is saying, I'm giving everything over to God. I'm trusting him. I'm going to be generous like Jesus, and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is boldness of the Bible. And so here in a minute, when we say, God, make me bold, just know, in my mind, that's what you're praying for. You better be ready for the answer. Let's pray right now. Father God, I praise you. We sing to you. We give you all the glory. Everything is yours. And I feel, God, sometimes we don't pray for boldness because we think it's not for us. And so, God, in in your name, in your kingdom, we want to say that is a lie. Make us bold in the right things. Make me bold. And I will find trust, I will find generosity, and I will be more and more filled with the Holy Spirit as I go. And as you're praying and listening, 
and being bold. I feel like God often gives us something to do. You're going to see it next week with obedience. I've got some things I'm going to ask us to do. But for the month of September, here's what I'm asking. If you're watching online, if you're obviously if you're here, set apart some time to fast. Say you, you got to be bold to fast. If you're fasting for food, people are going to look at you funny. Why are you not eating lunch? You're on a weird diet? Yeah. So be bold and say, God, should I fast? Just ask him. He's your father. He loves you. Should I fast in September? Maybe not for the whole month, but maybe for a few days. Should I fast? And I always do this. I always ask God. I don't ever go into it because somebody tells me I should or, or I think it'd just be a good, good growth strategy. I say, well, should I fast? And when he says yes, he almost always does. How? How should I fast? As you're praying, I'll give you some areas, right? You can fast from food. Maybe you say, I'm not going to eat for two days or one day or, or however many. I'm going to drink water or maybe a juice or whatever. Is that how you want me to do it? Our staff the other day, we prayed through things that we're just obsessing about. Maybe the things you're obsessing about right now, maybe those are the things you should fast from. You say, I obsess about work. Should I fast from work? Obviously, no. That's not what I mean. Fast from the obsession. Give those to God. Maybe you watch news 12 hours a day. You know, that, that's your hobby. And I'm just telling you, I just don't think we were designed to know everything at all times about everyone everywhere in the world. Maybe you need to cut back on that. Social media, maybe. You ask God, how would you like me to do it? And when? Maybe from Monday to Tuesday. I don't know, but you listen. And he will answer. Something as simple as giving something up, that is very bold. Something that you love, food or TV, I don't know, whatever it is for you. Give that thing up. Pray for boldness. It seems the deciding factor on who gets boldness and who doesn't is who asks and who doesn't ask. So let's ask.